Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Mystic Show. My name is Chris Curran, and this is going to be a wonderful show. This is actually the very first episode. So this is the show where we're going to talk about a lot of things, spiritual, meditation, uh, self-help, basically all the unseen and otherworldly aspects of our life that mean so much, um, but a lot of times we don't give enough value to. So, and I just want to thank Richard Shulman for this uh, beautiful piece of piano uh, that he's playing. It's called Flight, and uh, that's the intro song for this show. So, thank you, Richard Shulman. He, uh, he was a guest on one of our other shows. So, I just want to say that uh, saints and holy men throughout time have been unanimously clear on one point. Ignoring the unseen spiritual aspects of your life would be the biggest tragedy. And really, that's what this show is dedicated to. The unseen and otherworldly aspects of our lives. And there's a lot of topics that, uh, that we're going to talk about. And uh, we, first of all, I want to say that the website is themysticshow.net. And our phone number, that's right, you can call me, call us, call me live. Uh, the phone number is 973-498-8033. Uh, 973-498-8033. And if you go to the website, uh, themysticshow.net, you'll see that number on there as well. Um, we also have a Twitter account and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, we're going to cover on this show all kinds of great topics, and we're going to start the show with a bang in a moment. Uh, some of these topics are are going to include consciousness, um, mystical experiences, obviously, um, ESP, life balance, philosophy, psychology, new physics, reality, lucid dreaming, we can even talk about outer body experiences, near-death experiences. We can pretty much get into everything, um, but here's the thing. This show is really a practical show. So this is a show where we're going to learn and talk about fun stuff, but then we're gonna, we, we want to talk about implementing it as well. How are we implementing it? And we are going to talk about a lot of the problems people have implementing spirituality into their life. You know, mentally, spirituality makes a lot of sense. You know, we have this feeling in our lives that there's, there's much more to life than this, right? There's more beyond the physical world. We don't really know what it is, but we have this feeling that there's something there. And so we start reading books and we start talking to other people about these subjects and at some point, we might start to practice meditation or start to, you know, practice spirituality. And um, by the way, I'm going to talk about spirituality and religion and the difference uh, in a little bit. But we start to practice spirituality, and it's not easy, <laughs> especially here in, uh, well, we're here in the New York City area, so we're on the east coast of the of the United States. And it's not easy to practice spirituality um, because 
society and the culture is running so fast in one direction, uh, very materialistic, you know, basically workaholic, if you want to think of it that way, and very focused on money. And we sort of, we sort of just forget these other aspects of life, like our feelings, <laughs> you know, and affection and kindness. Um, we're going to talk about some human qualities and spiritual qualities a little bit later. So people who need help, people who have questions, people who are practicing something and we need to talk about it, um, go ahead and give us a call. And we're also going to have some guests on the phone as well. But we're going to start properly, (laughs) in my opinion. And that is with the famous mystic, James Allen. James Allen is one of my favorite authors. He has written the book called As a Man Thinketh, and that's his most well-known book. I mean, everyone and their brother, I think, has published that book on online. Um, he also wrote probably about fifteen other books. I think he wrote about fifteen or sixteen books total, and they're they're not long. Typically, they're very short. Some of them are average size books. Um, but he writes about the power of the mind, spirituality. One of my favorite books by him is uh, Above Life's Turmoil. And we're going to get into this one. It's right in front of me here. By the way, I have a whole mess of books. I shouldn't call it a mess, but I have a whole stack of books in front of me of books that I love, books that I've read, books that have helped me on my spiritual journey. And we'd love to know what, you know, what books you have read that have inspired you. But this is how we're going to start this show. We're going to start by reading the first chapter of a James Allen book, which the book is called Byways of Blessedness. And this is a great one. This talks about, um, actually, I could just read the chapter names and you'll, you'll get an idea. Chapter one is called Right Beginnings. And that's why we're going to begin the show with, with this chapter, Right Beginnings. Chapter two, Small Tasks and Duties. Chapter 3, Transcending Difficulties and Perplexities. Chapter 4, Burden Dropping. Chapter 5, Hidden Sacrifices. 6, Sympathy. 7, Forgiveness. 8, Seeing No Evil. 9, Abiding Joy. 10, Silentness. 11, Solitude. 12, Standing Alone. 13, Understanding the Simple Laws of Life. And number 14, chapter 14, Happy Endings. So there's a nice forward, actually, if you go, well, the forward's online. I'm going to explain. One of our sponsors here is uh, an organization called Pause Your Life. The website is pauseyourlife.org. And the landing page on that site actually is the forward to this book, By Ways of Blessedness by James Allen. But I'm going to go ahead and read chapter one. So um, it's not very long, but uh, you know, you might want to get comfortable and um, and and maybe you know, maybe try to listen intently because uh, I think if 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 you have this show on in the background and you have other you know you're doing other things in life, uh, you might not catch all the all the goodness that is James Allen. And this chapter is called Right Beginnings. It starts with two quotes. 
all common things, each day's events, that with the hour begin and end, our pleasures and our discontents, our rounds by which we may ascend. We have not wings, we cannot soar, but we have feet to scale and climb. That's by Longfellow, that quote. And here's the second quote. For common life, its wants and ways, would I set forth in beauteous hues. Life is full of beginnings. They are presented every day and every hour to every person. Most beginnings are small and appear trivial and insignificant, but in reality, they are the most important things in life. See how in the material world, everything proceeds from small beginnings. The mightiest river is at first a rivulet over which the grasshopper could leap. The great flood commences with a few drops of rain. The sturdy oak, which has endured the storms of a thousand winters, was once an acorn. And the smoldering match, carelessly dropped, may be the means of devastating a whole town by fire. Consider also how in the spiritual world the greatest things proceed from the smallest beginnings. A light fancy may be the inception of a wonderful invention or an immortal work of art. A spoken sentence may turn the tide of history. A pure thought entertained may lead to the exercise of a worldwide regenerative power. And a momentary animal impulse may lead to the darkest crime. Have you yet discovered the vast importance of beginnings? Do you really know what is involved in a beginning? Do you know the number of beginnings you are continuously making and realize their full import? If not, come with me for a short while and thoughtfully explore this much-ignored byway of blessedness. For blessed it is when wisely resorted to, and much strength and comfort it holds for the understanding mind. A beginning is a cause, and as such, it must be followed by an effect, or a train of effects, and the effect will always be of the same nature as the cause. The nature of an initial impulse will always determine the body of its results. A beginning also presupposes an ending, a consummation, achievement, or goal. A gate leads to a path, and the path leads to some particular destination. So a beginning leads to results, and results lead to a completion. There are right beginnings and wrong beginnings, which are followed by effects of like nature. You can, by careful thought, avoid wrong beginnings and make right beginnings, and so escape evil results and enjoy good results. There are beginnings over which you have no control and authority. These are without, in the universe, in the world of nature around you, and in other people who have the same liberty as yourself. Do not concern yourself with these beginnings but direct your energies and attention to those beginnings over which you have complete control and authority and which bring about the complicated web of results which compose your life. These beginnings are to be found in the realm of your own thoughts and actions, in your mental attitude under a variety of circumstances through which you pass, in your conduct day by day, in short, in your life as you make it, which is your world of good or ill. 
In aiming at the life of blessedness, one must, one of the simplest beginnings to be considered and rightly made is that which we make, we all make every day, namely the beginning of each day's life. How do you begin each day? At what hour do you rise? How do you commence your duties? In what frame of mind do you enter upon the sacred life of a new day? What answer can you give your heart to these important questions? You will find that much happiness or unhappiness follows upon the right or wrong beginning of the day, and that, when every day is wisely begun, happy and harmonious sequences will mark its course, and life in its totality will not fall far short of the ideal blessedness. It is a right and strong beginning to the day to rise at an early hour. Even if your worldly duty does not demand it, it is wise to make of it a duty and begin the day strongly by shaking off indolence. How are you to develop strength of will and mind and body if you begin every day by yielding to weakness? Self-indulgence is always followed by unhappiness. People who lie in bed till a late hour are never bright and cheerful and fresh but are the prey of irritabilities, depression, debilities, nervous disorders, abnormal fancies, and all unhappy moods. This is the heavy price which they have to pay for their daily indulgence. Yet, so blinding is the pandering to self that, like the drunkard who takes his daily dram in the belief that it is bracing up the nerves which it is all the time shattering, so the liabed is convinced that long hours of ease are necessary for him as a possible remedy for those very moods and weaknesses and disorders of which his indulgence is the cause. Men and women are totally unaware of the great losses which they entail by this common indulgence. Loss of strength both of mind and body, loss of prosperity, loss of knowledge, and loss of happiness. Begin the day, then, by rising early. If you have no object in doing so, never mind. Get up and go out for a gentle walk among the beauties of nature, and you will experience a buoyancy, a freshness, and a delight, not to say a peace of mind, which will amply reward you for your effort. One good effort is followed by another, and when a man begins the day by rising early, even with no other purpose in view, he will find that the silent early hour is conducive to clearness of mind and calmness of thought, and that his early morning walk is enabling him to become a consecutive thinker. And so, to see life and its problems, as well as himself and his affairs, in a clearer light. And so, in time, he will rise early with the express purpose of preparing and harmonizing his mind to meet any and every difficulty with wisdom and calm strength. There is indeed a spiritual influence in the early morning hour, a divine silence and an inexpressible repose, and he who, purposefully and strong, throws off the mantle of ease and climbs the hills to greet the morning sun will thereby climb no inconsiderable distance up the hills of blessed blessedness and truth. The right beginning of the day will be followed by cheerfulness at the morning meal, 
permeating the household with a sunny influence, and the tasks and duties of the day will be undertaken in a strong and confident spirit, and the whole day will be well lived. Then there is a sense in which every day may be regarded as the beginning of a new life, in which one can think, act, and live newly, and in a wiser and better spirit. Do not dwell upon the sins and mistakes of yesterday so exclusively as to have no energy and mind left for the living rightly today. And do not think that the sins of yesterday can prevent you from living purely today. Begin today aright, and, aided by the accumulated experiences of all your past days, live it better than any of your previous days. But you cannot possibly live it better unless you begin it better. The character of the whole day depends upon the way it is begun. And I think I'm going to stop there, actually. That's about, uh, that seems to be about halfway through the chapter. I, th- I thought it was um, shorter than it was. But and and I'm if you could tell I'm I gotta drink some water over here my voice is a little uh, scratchy. So that's from James Allen. The book is called Byways of Blessedness, and that's the first chapter about right beginnings. And he says it so well, right? Can you can you believe the the simplicity with which James Allen can get these points across? So beginnings are so important, and like he says, we just most of us just ignore them completely. We don't even pay attention to the fact that everything we do has a beginning, and how we do that beginning affects the results greatly. This is uh, this reminds me of one of the concepts I talk about in my book. Um, I published a book about three and a half years ago called Leap Beyond Your Limits. And one of the concepts in the book is that in order to evolve and become better people and um, and live the life that we want to live, we have to make changes. And some of those changes are outside of ourselves, and some of those changes are inside ourselves. And inside meaning the mind. And outside means the action we take, you know, our daily actions. And both of these things have to change for a person to really change. I mean, you can't change one without the other, really. Um, We see this all the time in life, right? People try to change their outer appearance without changing their inner attitude, and they fail. I think most times it happens with um, people who are trying to lose weight or, you know, make some make some, you know, drastic change in their, um, their actions. Like, like James Allen talks about getting up early every day. You, if you try to get up early, but you, but your, if your inner attitude is, oh my God, this is hard. Um, I can't believe this. I'm not going to be able to do this. If your attitude is not good, it won't last. You'll probably wake up early one or two mornings at most. And then after that, that's it. So this inner change that we all have to make in ourselves, in my book, I call it inner forming. And the outer work I call outer performing, right? We, first, we have to form ourselves, and then we have to perform. We have to do things in the world. 
Um, we're going to talk about that too, how spirituality is not, you know, not for people who want to just check out and live by themselves in the woods um, and forget all about life, um, forget all about material life anyway. So this inner work that I'm talking about, one of the concepts I talk about is uh, intention. And I know Wayne Dyer has a good book about intention. And intention really is, um, in my mind, setting your mind and attitude right at the beginning of something. So, for instance, if you wanted to wake up earlier every day and meditate, um, which a lot of people do, first you can set your intention. You can say, hey, all right, I intend to wake up early every morning. I intend to feel good about it. I intend to get through the first week or two when it seems really hard and difficult because I know after that it's going to be okay. And I know and I intend to enjoy the benefits of waking up early, for instance. So that's what I mean by setting an intention. And that's, you know, that's uh, what James Allen talks about in this chapter is, is exactly that. And so much more, right? This is only just one little aspect that I'm talking about. You know, then, you know, we've all heard of the butterfly effect uh, from, from chaos theory, which says that, uh, you know, a butterfly flapping his wings in, uh, in Japan is the actual, could be the actual root cause of, uh, you know, a tornado in Kansas, you know, they may be linked and one might be the cause of the other. Um, you know, that's chaos theory, which is brilliant, by the way. If you're, if you're into... See, I'm into all these scientific things as well. You know, intellectual um, pursuits. And, and I like the list I read at the beginning of the show. All these different areas of self-help and, and um, you know, mystical experiences and consciousness and... I'm into all that, but like I said, you know, we have to balance that with, um, we have to balance that with practical application. We have to live what we're talking about. You know, quite often I meet people who, um, who, you know, they have an interest in spirituality and I think that's where it starts. People have an interest. In fact, I wrote down the, 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 the way it progresses in a person's life usually. First, someone has an interest in spirituality. Then they start reading about things, spirituality and, and, and the, these kind of subjects, uh, mysticism, etc. And then most people stop there. They never move to the next phase, which is practicing. People have to, you know, some people want to practice something. And this is what happened in my life. Um, and once you start practicing it, then you can start living it, like like for real, like being it, evolving into it, to becoming something different, or in a spiritual sense, unbecoming all the stuff that you have become, so you basically come back to your divine roots, divine essence. So practice, I began my spiritual pursuit... Um, about 10 years ago, and I had been, you know, I went through the same process. First, I had an interest. In fact, my interest started in, oh, geez, 
I was probably 18 or 19, and I was working at a TCBY. And I had a friend whose mother was reading a book called Communion, as written by Whitley Strieber, and it um, it ta- he talks about aliens coming down, and you know, basically he did get abducted, but they came and met with him a few times. Or they didn't really meet with him anyway, but he had a lot of experiences with these aliens, and he he claims it's true, and a lot of people believe him. And um, anyway, there's it goes deeper than that, but. But I read this book when I was 18 or 19, and this is the first book I ever read that I said, wow, books are cool. <laughs> Up till that point, I was reading, you know, the books they give you to read in school, and it's all kind of boring. I mean, some of the history is interesting, right? Some of the, you know, the Revolutionary War, or the Civil War, we all, I think everyone sort of has an affinity for some, you know, piece of history or epic in time. But uh, this was the first book I read where I was like, wow, I could, I could read this all day long. And I, you know, you get, you know, when you get sucked into a book and you can't put it down, that's sort of what happened to me. And so then I just moved on from there. I think I read uh, actually one of Shirley MacLaine's books called Out on a Limb, which is an interesting story. And then I ended up reading The Celestine Prophecy, which some of you folks might know that. Um, point is, I was reading a lot of books, and I also started reading about quantum physics as well. There's a great book by um, John Gribben called In Search of Schrodinger's Cat. Tremendous book on quantum physics. If you ever want to really, you know, get it, have it explained to you in a way that you can understand it, that's a great book. So I was reading all these books, and, you know, at the same time, my life was (laughs) um, not that great. That's putting it mildly, of course. No, my life was pretty rough. I was not behaving well and not didn't have a good attitude. I mean, you could say typical American, but but not really typical. Probably worse. Um, anyway, I I wasn't living it. I was interested in all these subjects, but I didn't. I hadn't put two and two together yet. That hey, I can actually practice meditation and start to learn about and experience some of these things firsthand. Now, I'm not talking about aliens or quantum physics, but my book reading went into, you know, Eastern religions, um, Taoism. Of course, I went through an astrology phase as well. Um, I don't know. Anyway, I I think most people probably go through an astrology phase, right? You get, it's interesting, and then you find out more about it, and for me, I got really into it, and then after a couple years, um, I you know I I just moved on. It's like I learned what I needed to learn, and I moved on. I think that's how our a lot of times that's how our journey is. So I started reading about Eastern religions and meditation, and you know miracles and saints, mystics, and it's so interesting because. Growing up, I personally always had the feeling that this physical life is that this can't be all there is. <laughs> there's there's got to be more than this. And and the other thing I felt growing up too was that each person has so much potential to change their life, to things, to be creative. I mean, 
If you really stop and think how much potential we have as human beings, you know, the different gifts that we've been endowed with, the mind, the will, the intellect, all, all the mental muscles that we have, and the physical body too, and all its, its beauty and art and music and creativity, and it's unbelievable when you think about it. In fact, I wrote a blog post called The Wonder of Human Life. It was pretty interesting. It's on uh, pauseyourlife.org. And so anyway, I began to think about meditation and really doing something about spirituality instead of just reading about it and my life is a mess. And of course, what usually happens, and I'm sure either this this has probably happened to you or or maybe it will, <laughs> or maybe it happened to someone you know, sometimes there's like a tragedy in your life or or a mini tragedy it doesn't have to be a major tragedy a mini tragedy in your life and and that wakes you up that kind of jars you awake and says hey you got to do something different you got to look deeper into this you got to figure out what's going on here <laughs> you know um and that's what happened to me i went through i talk about it in the introduction to my book i went through a really tough time i was living in my friend's basement um, my, they took my truck away. I didn't have a job. I had no money. I, it was bad. <laughs> and, um, so that was my rock bottom. And this was after reading all the books. So guess what I did after, after I hit, you could consider that my rock bottom, you know, um, I decided to change my life. And, and I started doing things. I started, you know, came up with my own little success program. That's what my book's about. This show is more about spirituality. So what happened within a year after that, I, um, I read a book called Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, which is a nice book, probably, I don't know, 2,500 years old, maybe, maybe around 2,000 years old. Anyway, Patanjali wrote about how to do yoga. Not the yoga we know, but but um, he he talked about all the four main branches of yoga, not just physical yoga, uh, as most of us Americans only know yoga as like stretching and poses. Uh, there's a lot more to yoga than that. And I read that, and he talked about Raja Yoga, which was very interesting to me because he said, "Look, if you want to reach the spiritual goal the quickest, you know, if you want to reach your goal, which is what self-realization or." becoming one with God, whatever you want to call that spiritual goal. Again, not talking religion. Uh, we're, we've transcended religion by, by now. Uh, and that's not to say anything bad about religion or the, the great saints and mystics who started those religions or, or were the root cause of that religion. We, uh, I, I definitely respect all that stuff. I've learned so much and studied so much religion. It's, it's great. Um, but there comes a time when you sort of, you want to reach a spiritual, purely spiritual goal, which is, you know, union with God or self-realization. You know, we all know that there's something inside of us divine and we don't know what it is. So, hey, I want to find out. So then we start meditating. So that's what I did. I, um, I found a practice of meditation, which in the course of this show, I'm going to probably mention a lot about, uh, my meditation practice, you know, 
where I do it, how I do it. Um, it's not going to be one big commercial <laughs> for my meditation practice. The, don't worry. Um, but I've had a lot of experiences and I've learned a lot of things. Um, and a lot of those things are what we're going to talk about. And um, hopefully with some great guests as well. So I came to a point when I f- said I need to do something. And I found this meditation practice and I started doing it. And well, the rest is history. But I started doing it and it's, it wasn't easy at first, you know, because it's something so new. Um, you know, who really knows how to meditate? You know, now years later, it's been 10 years since then, about 10 years, and now I'm helping to actually teach newcomers how to meditate. And I've met so many people over the years and everyone says, oh, I can't meditate. I just can't do it. I'm not able to. I just have too many thoughts. There's no way I can meditate. I mean, you know, that's what people think. And and really, that's that's not doing themselves justice, you know. So when I started meditating, you know, we just, I, look, I just read this chapter called Right Beginnings by James Allen, right? And he talks about beginning things properly. And when I started meditating, I just began on a positive note. I said, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn this. These people who I'm learning from seem to know what they're talking about. And I'm going to, I'm going to take it and run with it. I'm going to go with it. So that's when I started my my own meditation practice. So I want to I'll tell you a little bit about that in a second, but I just want to remind everyone, you're listening to The Mystic Show, and I'm Chris Curran, and you're listening on The Fractal Stream, which, by the way, is our new internet radio station. So when The Mystic Show is live every weekday morning from 7 to 8 a.m., and the rest of the day we're going to replay some some great shows we do here from my studio, but um, also just some music, some good music that I've accumulated over the years. So the Fractal Stream, that's the internet radio station. And uh, we're also going to replay the Mystic Show at um, 5 p.m. every night. So the live show is at 7 a.m. And later on that day at 5 p.m., we're going to do a replay of the same show in case you missed it or in case you want to listen at a different time or hear it again or recommend it to someone you know. Um, and our website is themysticshow.net. And that actually takes you to the Fractal Stream page with The Mystic Show. And the phone number here, if you want to call, is 973-498-8033. I, sh- I should say it differently. I should say it like 973-498-8033. <laughs> Eighty thirty-three. I like that better. So, I just want to go through a couple books I have here in front of me. By the way, and I thought this morning I was in the shower this morning, and I was thinking, you know, I guess I should mention first. I took a trip to India. Um, I've been back for about almost three weeks, but I went for almost three weeks. So, my India trip is still fresh in my mind, and I I, I stayed in the ashram. Uh, with the meditation practice that I do. And really it was just very focused and dedicated trip to meditation and and spiritual practice. And, um, and part, I don't know if you've ever been to India, but part of the thing about going to India is all the amenities are very, very different, especially the bathrooms. I'm I'm just going to talk about the bathrooms now. (coughs) 
excuse me. I mean, I'm not going to talk about the bathrooms, but I'm going to reference the bathrooms because the water, a lot of times there's no hot water, most times. So one of the ways we sort of pamper ourselves here in America is we take these really hot showers and when we come out of the shower, we're just really tired and, you know, ready for a nap. Whereas in India, when I was taking my shower early in the morning with water that, it wasn't cold water, but it wasn't warm water. I mean, it wasn't hot water. It was like, I don't know, maybe room temperature, maybe slightly cooler, but it was fine. It was, it was okay. And uh, man, when you take a shower or a bath like that, you come out and it's like, you're wide awake. I mean, you're, you're invigorated. You're ready to go. So when I came back home and I started taking showers again in my own bathroom, I started turning the heat down a little uh, so the water wasn't so hot. And <laughs> I don't know. It's probably just one of those things that these little experiments that you do with yourself just to, to learn something about yourself and the universe. Um, but it really works, actually. So if you take a shower, <laughs> not with hot water, but with medium water, it, uh, it really helps. Um, and then I thought, you know what? Are we living too comfortably? This is something, if, if, if you want to talk about this, you can call um, 973-498-8033. Are we living too comfortably? Does comfort somehow affect our spirituality? Because some people say that if we're too comfortable, then we just get lazy, and, and, and like the downward spiral starts when we're too comfortable. And... I think if you if you look at life and you look at people, um, for the most part, it's true. I would say, in my experience, I'd like to know what you think. These uh, some of these other books here we have uh, Eckhart Tolle. He you know he wrote The Power of Now, great book. He also wrote Stillness Speaks, great book. I have um, I have and again these are some of the books that I've read over the years. There's a lot more too. I just grabbed pile and brought him in here. Um, again, James Allen, Above Life's Turmoil. That's just unbelievable. Um, there's a, Here there's a, there's a translation of uh, the Bhagavad Gita, which if you don't know about the, the Bhagavad Gita, which is, uh, you know, referred to as the Gita, um, it's a great work about spirituality. And it's been translated by uh, a zillion people. And not all translations are equal. Um, we can talk about that more. I mean, even the Tao Te Ching, the Gita, these are things. These are books that have been translated by thousands of people. And I've I've stood in bookstores at the shelf and read, you know, excerpts of some of these books, and it you, I can't even understand it. And then I'll pick up another translation and I'll read it, and it's it's very good, very understandable. So um, over the years. With the Gita and the Tao Te Ching, I've found versions of these translations of these books that I think are really good. Um, now, again, that's my opinion. Um, here's one. This is more personal development, but it's uh, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. Here's one, uh, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. The Biology of Belief. This was a great book. Basically, and again, we're probably going to focus on each of these books, a dedicated slot during some of these shows, but um, the biology belief, if you change your beliefs, I should say, when you change your beliefs, 
um, your DNA actually changes. Your DNA rotates and then you, it's almost like you can change your DNA by changing your beliefs. Now, look, not all your DNA. You're not going to become, you know, nine foot tall. Although, hey, maybe nothing's impossible, but that, yeah, you're not going to become nine feet tall. But, but hey, as far as other things, maybe as far as illnesses or a lot of other things, you can actually change that. And he talks about it and it's all documented and proven. It's a very scientific book. Um, here's another book called Your Invisible Power by Genevieve B. Rand. That's a great book, Your Invisible Power. Um, Your Greatest Power by J. Martin Coey. That's a good one. That's about decision. You know, he says that making a decision is our greatest power. Decision is our greatest power. Uh, Here's another book called the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. This is a great one. Um, we're we're gonna talk about this one. Probably, you know, we're gonna go over the four agreements, what they are. Uh, here's one I love called the Laws of Manifestation. Uh, that's another thing. That's a very interesting topic. Manifestation. How do you achieve things or make things appear? You know, not only magically or, or other than magically. There's a lot of ways. You know, you could. You could make a new house appear over a five-year period with with working very hard. So, um, so yeah. And it seems uh, seems we have a phone call here. Let's see. Hello, the Mystic Show. You're on the air. Who's this? It's uh, it's me, uh, Chris. I was just calling to say Doc South. I was calling to say I'm listening to your show. It's pretty good. Hey, Doc South, uh, from the Live 365 Doc South Oldies channel. (laughs) Thank you, Doc. Good morning. How are you? Okay. Yeah? Yeah, No, it's uh, sounding good. I I actually got up early as a result. Oh, really? Yeah, I was going to wall around in bed, and then I I decided, gee, you're talking about... uh, was that James Allen getting up early? Yeah, <laughs> right, right beginning. I couldn't lay around anymore. So th- did my reading bore you, Doc? Was it boring to hear me reading on the no, air? No, oh, okay. I think that, you know, what, what you read, uh, there's nothing wrong with reading other people's stuff. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. And by the way, I should tell folks that little introduction song that I wrote, I mean, that I played at the, the theme music for this show by Richard Shulman, he was a guest on a show that you and I host together called the Campfire Show. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Richard uh, helped you do that, or no? I just actually I took a I edited part of our the the Campfire Show. He he did that live on our Campfire Show. Oh I just, yes, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I just took a piece of it and and you, now I'm using it as the intro for this show. So it's great. Yeah, he let the uh, universe tell him to what to play. That's right. He did. Yeah. Um, what's called a he called it a musical soul portrait where he kind of yeah sits at the keyboard and puts himself in a condition and then he just whatever the universe tells him to play he just plays yeah 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 so doc well, anyway uh yeah i'm gonna have to run now but that's uh i just thought i'd let you know it came out it sounds great cool thank you so much doc for chiming in i'm really happy that you called yeah yeah no it's i think you you've got a, a very good uh idea I, th- I i think people are going to like it a lot you might want to run that um in the night too okay at like at night like one in the morning yeah when people are just kind of that might be something they listen to you know as they're relaxing uh 
I, I would I would think it might be a good idea. There you go. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much, Doc South. Thanks for calling, man. Okay, I'll see you later. Chris. All right, yeah, I'll talk okay. to you later. Call me later, okay? We got to uh, talk about. If I get a chance, I'm going to be running like a madman today. <laughs> but I'll do the best I can. All right, yeah, whenever we can talk. All right, thanks, okay. Doc. See you. Bye bye. Well, that's great, Doc South. So we were talking about manifestation. Um, by the way, DocSouth.net is Doc's website. He does a lot of radio shows. Um, he's great. DocSouth.net, go there. Um, so this this book about manifestation, the laws of manifestations by David Spangler, he um, it's such a great you know you think of manifestation and you, you think people might think that it's um, like magic like I said like you know you're a magician you're gonna make something appear well not really like that it's more like setting a goal and working toward it or or asking the universe to help you achieve something right and this book is great law of manifestations. Uh, sorry, the laws of manifestation, because he talks about that it's not just you who's going to manifest something, because you're a part of a family, you're a part of a community, you're a part of a country, you're a part of a world, you're a part of a universe, so you're really not on your own, you're not like an island, so for you to manifest anything, it's it's not just you manifesting, it's all of us manifesting something. So that's why if you really if you're really selfish and you really want like a zillion dollars for yourself, um, usually it doesn't happen because the universe and everyone else around you doesn't want that to happen. <laughs> so and they need to be a part of your manifestation. So anyway, that's a great book. We'll talk more about that. There's also a book here called The Unknown Sayings of Jesus, which again I mentioned well, I don't. I don't think I mentioned. I was, I was born Catholic, and I went to you know the CCD, you know the Sunday school, and you know we had to get dressed up and go to you know mass every Sunday, and and it was okay. And then at a certain age, you'd go through some sacraments and you do some things, and and um, I don't know. After when I was a teenager, I started to think, like, what you know. What was weird to me was how people would go to church and they'd act all humble and spiritual, and then they'd go home and you know beat their kids and <laughs> scream and yell at each other and who knows what else. And I was like, something, I don't know, <laughs> something doesn't equate. But uh, so that's when I, you know, that's when I started looking more deeper into it. I should say, not necessarily beyond religion. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with religion. We're all on our own journey. We're, we're all at the step we are at. And you have to take that step. And I am here and we're all here to help you take that step, actually. So The Unknown Sayings of Jesus. This is a book, basically it's you know written by a guy who did a ton of historical research. And I think basically he found out that there's only... Even in the Bible, there's only like a handful of quotes that can be proven to be almost almost proven to be actually spoken by Jesus. Uh, most of it, there's no historical proof of. In fact, there's almost no historical proof that Jesus ever existed. Like you know, like him being written about in the newspaper or other you know public proof, uh, which doesn't mean any. It doesn't mean he didn't exist. Of course, he existed. Um, 
But I just want to give one of these uh, quotes from the book that Jesus said. Um, again, this is very apt that this is the first show. And, um, and this quote is, I'm going to read this quote here. But the quote is, This world is a bridge. Pass over it, but do not build your dwelling there. I'll read it again. This world is a bridge. Pass over it, but do not build your dwelling there. So that's Jesus telling us that, yeah, this world is good and okay, but don't don't get too caught up in it. Move along. This is a this is a transit station of some sort. Um, right? It's hard to th- is it hard to think that way for you? Is it hard to accept that or have faith in that? I think it is. I think with practice with meditation and spiritual practice that's one of the things you gain is that it's one of the things I've gained is that I just feel like I I just feel good about things. I I I'm not worried about things or I feel like I know things. You know, like I feel like that there's definitely more to life than just the physical material existence. I don't just think that I know it somehow. I don't know how I know it, but that's just how I feel. <laughs> and that's that's a good feeling because it takes away removes those doubts. You know, I think a lot of our stress and worries in life come from doubts. So it's like well, and the main one being what's going to happen when I die. Right? That's the question we all everyone thinks about. What's going to happen when I die? Cuz we know we're all going to die, but we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> so but when so anyway, in my experience when I was meditating, um as I'm meditating, I'm still meditating. And of course, I'm still, I almost feel like I'm at the beginning of my journey still. I still have a long way to go and I'm enjoying it actually. Um, but a lot of those doubts have gone away and I'm just more calm and serene and just, I feel like I can be myself. You know, that's one, one thing about the meditation practice that I do, which by the way, there'll, there'll be a link for that on the website, um, themysticshow.net. Um, it's called Sahaj Marg, which means the natural path. But ever since I started Sahaj Marg, um, I just felt like I was at home. Like I could, and I really felt like I could be myself. Like I can just be with people and just be myself. I didn't have to pretend to be something else or pretend that I was cool or pretend that I make a lot of money or pretend that I'm knowledgeable I didn't have to pretend anything. I just, I could just be myself. Whatever that is, it was fine. It was accepted. And I could feel that. Um, that's a really good feeling, actually. So, um, on the I, on the trip to India, on the plane ride, I think we, I went to India from August 1st to August 20th. And on the plane, like a day before we left, I started reading this book called The Holographic Universe. And um, it's called The Holographic Universe by Michael Talbot. And he, it's actually from the early 90s. And he talks about holograms. And if you don't know what a hologram is, just think of um, Star Wars. If you think of Star Wars, remember when Princess Leia recorded that message for Obi-Wan Kenobi? And um, it played out of R2-D2. Like this little laser shot out of R2-D2 and... 
made this three-dimensional hologram of Princess Leia speaking to, speaking her message to Obi-Wan. That's a hologram. It's like a 3D, uh, it's like a 3D rendering by using a laser. So it looks real, but your hand would just go right through it. Like it's not solid. That's a hologram. Anyway, this whole book is about explaining that the the universe is a hologram. And it, look, we, we can't get into it right now. I'm just sort of introducing this book. But um, we will, we can get into it. Again, I don't want to get too intellectual and get away from the practical. Um, but anyway, I was on the plane going to India and I'm reading this book. And the one thing I like, well, I really like this book, The Holographic Universe. But one of the things I like about it is there's a scientific angle to it, but there's also uh, a mystical angle to it as well. I mean, he he talks about, you know, all the different miracles that have been reported throughout history by the different saints. He talks about how we hear and how we see, like actually how our hearing system works and how our visual system works into our brain and everything. And then he, it's fascinating. Then he also talks about time. Then he also talks about, um, he talks a lot about like people who have outer body experiences and remote viewing, people who do remote viewing. Um, and he talks about near death experiences as well, because there's a correlation between all of them, which is remarkable. And then of course he builds it into his, um, his theory about the holographic universe, which is good. It's fine. Um, hey, you never know. Someday science might might prove prove it to be true. You know, prove it scientifically. But until then, it's just a theory. But but what I felt from reading this book was I felt energized. I felt inspired. Uh, and and I think that's in conjunction with with my meditation practice experience. Um, Again, just that there's more to learn on a subtle level, um, and that by practicing and learning and, and, and having the intention that we're going to learn something, um, that we really can learn things. You know, there's people in all walks of life who've achieved a lot of things, and spirituality is no different. You know, there's, there's the great saints, the great mystics, you know, Jesus, Buddha, and you know how and how many innumerable saints from india which we don't even know about india being the land of spirituality um and we can learn from these people that's another that's that's a topic for a whole another show is this whole idea of having a spiritual guide and um i'm i'm curious if you in your practice have a spiritual guide and and what that means to you so we can we can talk about that in a future show, um, being as we're circling the field here for a landing on this first episode of the Mystic Show. Um, but having a spiritual guide is something interesting because, especially here in America and somewhat in Europe, I think um, this idea of having a spiritual guide or you know a guru or a master. Um, is so what is what should i say uh it it's it, it's so repugnant to the american mindset that oh i don't need i don't need someone to tell me what to do or help me with spirituality you know um 
I'm, I'm connected with God. God's in my heart. I don't need anybody else to help me, you know, all this kind of thing. Um, which is an interesting argument. Again, we'll get into it later. But, but uh, in a way, it's no different than, you know, let's say you want to learn how to play tennis. You would probably go to a tennis instructor, right? Or if you wanted to learn golf, you'd probably go to a golf instructor. Or if uh, you wanted to learn scuba diving, <laughs> you would definitely go to an instructor, right? Because there's no way you're going to go down into the ocean with some tank on your back and just die because you would without instruction. How about business? How about college? Why, why does anyone go to college then? Just, hey, all the knowledge is in your brain. Why go to college? You can figure it all out. You can read the books. Why have a teacher? Right? But yet we all, but not all of us, I didn't go, I went to one year of college, but not everyone goes to college. Um, so there's so many areas of life that we get help from someone who's done it who's been there and done that at least up to a very high level, right? No one is, no human being is God or anything like that, but they've achieved so much and, um, and we can benefit from, from their teaching. Um, this is one of my personal findings in my life, in my spiritual journey. So there you have it, right beginnings, uh, I hope we started this show off right. I know one thing, <laughs> funny, one thing I didn't do is uh, hit the record button when I started. So, <coughs> excuse me. So about um, most of this show was not recorded. So I, we probably won't do a playback tonight. Um, we'll start with the playbacks with tomorrow. <laughs> that's okay. Hey, nothing's ever going to be perfect. And that's okay. Um, I'm happy to be here hosting the mystic show i want to include a lot of you and i i feel in my heart that this is a conversation that needs to be had and people want to have this conversation i don't know that there's many uh forums where people can have this type of conversation and again this show is all about spirituality meditation and self-help it's about the unseen and the otherworldly um powers that are within ourselves, uh, these truths that we know in our heart, but we don't see them with our eyes. And how do we use those to live a, a happier life and to overcome the problems that we have and to care for those around us and to be a better person and hopefully in general, in, in eventually to, um, make the world a better place where we're not, uh, killing each other and, you know, hope I, that's one of my visions for this show, too, is that instead of in the morning turning on the news and hearing that there was two murders in Brooklyn and a carjacking and that there's a nuclear bomb probably going to go off somewhere soon um, and that, you know, all these people are missing and whatever. Um, instead of all that nonsense, hey, maybe start your day with the Mystic Show. Let's talk about some ideas. Let's plant some good seeds in our minds, you know, let's make that right beginning every day. So I thank you for listening. This has been, well, it's been an experience. I can never judge how, how, how a show goes. Um, uh, when you're doing a show, it's hard to tell how it goes. So give me some feedback and, um, we'll be here every morning. So build this into your schedule and, and give yourself some time to be with yourself and, um, 
to get in touch with that mystical side of yourself deep in your heart where you know there's more to life than this. So thanks for listening to The Mystic Show, themysticshow.net. Take care. <laughs>